And I was thinking about, to make this a little bit authentic uh, this morning, I'm going to ask Tim and Marianne Esco to come get in the, get in the uh, live nativity scene and be here during the whole service. Tim, do you mind doing that? <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. We've been debating whether we were going to take it down or leave it up, but we're going to leave it up for tonight's service. By the way, tonight's service is at what time? Five o'clock. And it'll be, uh, we'll do the Lord's Supper. We've always done this. It'll be our 25th or 26th time doing this. Your Bible's open to John's Gospel. I'm going to carry you through a passage today that you would, right off the top, you're going to think it has nothing to do with Christmas, but in fact, it has everything to do with Christmas. So we're going to be in John, John's Gospel, John chapter 6. Your Bible's open there. While you're going to John 6, since Bonnie sang about Mary, did you know... Uh, this child that you delivered will soon deliver. You know, did you know is the great I am? Let me read you. You're going to John 6. I want to read to you out of, out of John um, chapter 15. You're, you're in John 6. I just want to read a couple of verses in John 15. The reason is, Jesus talks a lot in John 15 about His pre-existent deity. Okay? Um, this is the high priestly prayer. And um, just want to list a couple of things. Um, well, I'm sorry, not John 15, John 17. That's the vine and the branches. It says in this, just pick up John 17, uh, verse 2 says, Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's another good Christmas passage there. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence. Look what he says. With the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So can I ask you a question? Was Jesus Christ preexistent? Was He? Amen. He was, he was God. He was preexistent God. So He is. So Mary did hold in her arms, uh, in human form, the great I Am. It's an incredible statement. John chapter 6. This is an interesting passage because it has to do with the feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus is going to take that and He's going to use the metaphor of bread and he's going to talk about, he's using a compare, he fed the 5,000 with the little boy's lunch. And he's comparing when God provided the manna uh, in the wilderness, that was the bread from heaven, heavenly bread, manna means br heavenly bread. There's a new kind of bread and he is the bread of life that has come down. And all the great doctrines of the Christmas narrative or the Christmas story is found in, in John chapter 6. So, I'm not going to read all, but if you start out the first part of John chapter 6, he feeds the 5,000, then he walks on water. Um, by the way, those are two of the great signs. There's seven, there's seven I am statements in John's gospel. There's also seven simeons or signs to prove that Jesus is God in human form. And two of them are listed in John 6, feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus walking on water. He does both of those recorded in John chapter 6. In John 6, beginning at verse 22, uh, this is following the feeding of the 5,000. And it would make sense. After 
feeding 5,000. And of course, scholars say this, and I, I would have a tendency to agree because of how you counted, agree, because how they counted people in Bible days. When it said 5,000, and the text says this, 5,000 men, uh, it's, it's masculine. And so it's saying that in the crowd, this is right off the Sea of Galilee, there were in the crowd 5,000 men. So we have to make the assumption that along with those men were families. And so some scholars talk about 20,000 people on the hillside at the Sea of Galilee is how many people Jesus may have fed. So he feeds this multitude with the little boy's lunch. And so he uses that miracle to teach the gospel. So now he's going to be the bread of life. Which, again, goes along with the Christmas story because in Hebrew, Bethlehem means house of bread or home of bread. So the city of Bethlehem is the house of bread or the home of bread. So it all fits in. So Jesus is following up on what the events of feeding the 5,000 and Him being the bread of life. And I'm going to pick up at verse 32. And I think I'm going to read through down through verse 58 or 59. So just follow along with me. And, I, and if it all works out and prayerfully it does, I'm going to come back to this tonight when we do the Lord's Supper. Um, and what time's the supper tonight? Five o'clock. Verse 32 says, Jesus. Now this is, this is His sermon. He's fixing to make application following feeding the 5,000. They try to find Him because they want more food. They don't want to find Him because He's a miracle worker as much as they want physical food. So they, He walks on water, surprises the disciples, performs a miracle, all those things. And now Jesus is teaching. It's a sermon. So I can't preach a sermon on a sermon, so I'm just going to teach about the sermon of Christ about being the bread of life that's come down. So we celebrate the birth of Christ, the bread of heaven that has come down, of which we feed off of for eternal life. Verse 32 says, Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to Him, Sir, give us this bread always. And, and again, I, I'm not there, I don't know for sure, but most scholars would say that they're saying physical bread. They're not thinking spiritually, they're... They're thinking, hey, this is a great deal because you know, there wasn't fast food restaurants and, and so food was an issue and so give us this bread. We want to have bread every day. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. By the way, that's uh, the first of um, the seven I am statements in um, John's Gospel. And again, uh, when you say I am statements, what we're talking about is... In the Old Testament, when, when God revealed Himself uh, to Moses, you know, He said, I, tell him, I am sent you. I am. And uh, so Jesus is using that from the Old Testament and He's reminding the crowds that He is the I am. He's God. And so there's, there's seven statements in John's Gospel where Jesus says, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. 
So there's seven statements where Jesus claims to be God. And this is the first, I am the bread. So he says, says, for the bread, verse 33, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, sir, give us this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am ego e me. It's wonderful. Like you have an ego. That's where we get it from. Ego e me. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me will never, I will never cast out. I always think about what Jesus said, also an I am statement in John 10. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the door of the sheep. He talks about no one can snatch you. You remember that verse? It's uh, John 10, 29. Jesus said, no one can snatch you out of my hand. Y'all remember that? Shake your head. Help me out a little bit, folks. Said, you know, just whatever. Whatever, preacher. John 10, 29. No one can snatch you out of my hands. This is kind of that same uh, statement here that Jesus is making. I mean, it's talking about eternal security. But again, just in what we've read so far, you realize that salvation is a work of God, not a work of man. And Jesus has come down to save sinners. That's the message of the incarnation. We continue to read. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that He has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about Him because He said, I am the bread, of, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus? The son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. Of course, if you're thinking about chronological order, we do know that Joseph was not alive towards the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. So in a, sometime in a three-year span, um, Joseph died, you know, somehow. But here he's alive, whose father and mother. How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, and again, that's sovereignty. Do not grumble. He knows what's going on. Do not grumble, grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Did you hear that? You don't, and of course, Jesus put it like, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. He says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Now, by the way, who's the third person of the Trinity that does the drawing? The Holy Spirit. Who is God, but in spirit form. And it's so God draws people unto salvation. Keep, keep, follow along. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. 
Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. It's a divine drawing. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit draws people unto salvation. Not that anyone, verse 46, could be a study of its own. Not that anyone, how many books are out there that people have gone to heaven and have come back to tell us about it and sell a million books to tell us they've gone to heaven. Not that anyone has seen the Father except He who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Do you notice how many times he says came down? I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And by the way, tonight when we observe the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, we observe the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, we'll take that bread and we're reminding ourselves that our salvation has nothing to do with us, but has everything to do with the bread of life. Interesting. He will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man... Give us His flesh to eat. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. If you write in your Bibles, I would circle verse 53. Very important verse theologically. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, just a passing note, Catholicism has taken those two verses and has made salvation in the Mass, right? It becomes the body and the blood of Jesus. And this is one of their proof texts for that. It's not true. These are, this is a metaphor. Uh, we understand that when we do the Lord's Supper tonight, that cup does not turn into the blood of Jesus. That bread does not turn into His body. It's, it's an example. It's an ordinance of remembrance. It's not a literal act of salvation. That's just in passing. For whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Verse 57. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Now, where was Jesus when He said this? It says, Jesus said these things in the synagogue as He taught at Capernaum. 
And Capernaum, the Bible tells us, was basically, you know, he didn't, Jesus didn't own a house, he didn't own land, but Capernaum in Galilee was Jesus' hometown. And most of the time when he traveled in and around the Sea of Galilee, he would stay in Capernaum. And by the way, whose house would he stay in? Peter's house. And that's, that's scriptural where Jesus, most of the time when he was in that area, that's where he would, he would spend the night. And folks, go back to verse 32. And really, because this is a Bible study, I'm, I'm not going to say anything profound. I just want to read a bunch of profound truths about the Christmas story. Number one, I want you to notice that Jesus Christ, when you, when you read all the verses I just read, we're convinced and we believe that Christ is preexistent. Now, if, if you want to hold your finger here, He's coexistent with the Father and He's preexistent with the Father. Just, just go to John 1. That's just two or three pages in my Bible. We're, we're here. We have, we have a little bit of time. Hopefully your, your roast is not burning in the oven. Uh, Look at John 1. Uh, he's telling us the, about the deity of Christ. And that's what, you know, John didn't give us a birth narrative. John goes all the way back to eternity to talk about the identity of Christ. So he's, he's coexistent and he's preexistent. He's just telling who Jesus is. Verse 1, John 1 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Here's what we know. Christ was the Creator, the one that spoke things into existence. So we know He's the Creator, creating part of the, the Trinity. We know that He's preexistent with the Father and Son, and He's coexistent. It's one God in three persons. And that's one of the things John confirms in, in John chapter 1. Go back to John chapter 6. So we, we, we believe when we, when we think about the Christmas story, you know, we, we sing about it, we use the word incarnation, we use the word Emmanuel, the Bible does. Emmanuel means what? God with us. It's, it's the enfleshment of, of deity. It's, uh, we just sang about it. veiled in flesh the Godhead see. And so God in, in His marvelous work veiled deity inside flesh. Now obviously if we were going to do a study on that you, you'd have to go back to Philippians 2 and, and talk about what did He empty Himself of. Uh, he took on the form and there's certain things that Jesus emptied himself of temporarily in order to be veiled in flesh. I mean, as the God that was eternal and preexistent, obviously there's things he chose to surrender to become a human being. But folks, he was all and is all God, and he was all man when he came to this earth. He was the God man. So when Christ died, he had the authority and the ability to cover the sin of everybody that would believe for the next thousands, well, really for everybody that would ever believe in all of history. He had that authority because He's God and He's sacrificing for sin. Well, let's go back. I want you to notice how many times the Bible refers to in the verses that I read His preexistence. If you don't mind me, I'll, let me just keep up with me. Verse 32, He gave you the bread from heaven. 
He says it again at the end of verse 32. The true bread from heaven. Verse 32, comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Um, Look at verse 38. For I have come down from heaven. Verse 41 Uh, So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They understood the theology there that he's claiming to be God. Verse 46 says, from God. Verse 50 says, comes down from heaven. Verse 51 says, I am the living bread that came down. Uh, Look at verse 57 As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. And then in verse 58, he says, This is the bread that came down from heaven. So in John chapter 6, just in these few verses where Jesus is teaching about the bread of life, we know that Jesus Christ is preexistent. So... The baby born is God in human form. We understand that. And that, that baby's going to grow and become the redeemer of the world. So it's about, I, I got three P's. I don't do that as much as I used to. I have outlines now. This is an outline. Number one, it's, he's preexistent. But number two, God has an ordained purpose for Christ. It's mentioned multiple times. So we know he's preexistent. But then Jesus, in beginning at verse 32, talks about his purpose. Why in the world did Jesus come? And he tells us the reason for his coming. Look at, he says, look at verse 32. The father, he says, but my father gives you the true bread. It's, so he, he came because the father wanted to send the true bread of heaven. Look at uh, the bread of God. Look at verse 33. He's the bread of God that's coming to the world. Look at verse 37. All that the Father gives. So did Jesus, as the second person of the Godhead, did Jesus on His own decide? Did the Word decide to come on His own? No. The Father and the Son decided in eternity past that the Son would come. So it says, all that the Father gives. So the Father gives the Son. It's a gift. So number one, we know Christ is preexistent. But not only that, Jesus tells us... I came because the Father sent me. That was His purpose. He came as... Now, He came as a lot of other things, a lot of the world, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life. He came... He's the divine. He came to do all those things, but in the context, He came to be the bread of life. So, folks, and and the whole message is, if you don't feed upon this, this babe born in Bethlehem who died for our sins, if you don't feed upon Him, you don't have life. He is the bread of life. Look at verse... uh, 38, he says, For I have come down from heaven, we just read, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. Um, 1 John 4 says, The Father, this John says later on, 1 John, so this would be later, after the Gospel of John, he says, and, and this we know, 1 John 4, I think it's verse 14, the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Is that not right? That's the message of Christmas. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. That's the Christmas message. You know, and you think about, I'm chasing a rabbit now, but you think about the, the humanness of, of Christ. 
right? You, you think to yourself, how in the world? I mean, we know biology. I mean, we know the egg and the sperm meat. And, but how? You could answer this probably, but you don't have to out loud. I'll answer it. But you have to think about how did the Lord God put that, that seed inside of Mary and Him, Jesus, not be affected by the sin nature of Mary. Right? I mean, it's, the egg had... He fertilized an egg. The egg was hers. Remember? I mean, that's how it works. He didn't violate that. He just didn't pop out. It went nine months and she had a baby. You know the answer to this if you think what the Bible says. What did the Holy Spirit do to Mary? He, the, the Bible says He overshadowed her, right? So whatever God had to do to keep... Now think about how profound that is. But that's nothing for God. That's God doing a God thing. But the Bible says the Spirit overshadowed Mary. So Christ was sinless. He was all man... All God, but He was sinless and He never sinned. Though the Bible says He was tempted in all ways as we are. So He's doing the will of the Father. He came down to do the will of the Father. Look at verse 39. And this is the will of Him who sent me. Verse 40. And this is the will of my Father. That every, so it's all about, look at verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And then I love, he says, if you keep going in verse 44 and 45, he says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. And then he quotes Isaiah 54, and he says, It is written in the prophets, and, and they will all be taught by God. And this, this is for those of us that are saved. You, you can't know God nor be taught by God unless you've, had, unless you've met Christ, have the bread of life. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father, how do, how do you do that? You, they come to me. Folks, I, as I tell you, I, I go to, I've gotten back into the habit of going to uh, McDonald's. I used to go a lot every Friday for, for a year or two for, to study on Fridays. And... Uh, and if you're like me, I don't know what it is about a bunch of noise. And if it's just one little noise, I can't do it. But if just, you know, you, you're with me. Just a whole bunch of racket, I can just block it out. And I don't even know what's going on. Y'all do that? I can do that there. But I, one reason I go is the in conversations I get to have. Pe- people, they have... When you say an understanding of God, it's really not an understanding. But it's, that's one reason I go, because I get in these conversations about people. They think they know the God of the Bible, but they don't know the God of the Bible. And really, the only way any of us can have a relationship with the God of the Bible is through who? Christ. That's the only way you're going to know the Father. You had not seen the Father. The Father's a spirit. You haven't. The only way we know Him, Jesus says, is through that you have to come. That's when I hear people when they talk about loving God. You hear people say that, well, I love God. 
well, which God do you love? Is it the God you fabricated in your mind? Or is is it the biblical God? Uh, I want to know, is it the God of the Father of the Lord Jesus? That's what I want to know. So, I don't know why I threw in McDonald's there. but so, So, we know from reading John 6, which until I started studying, I never thought about this being a Christmas passage, but it is. It talks about Christ's pre-existence and it talks about Christ's purpose. But I want you to see one more thing about what the Father sending the bread does. So we have five minutes. So, so the, the Son, Jesus Christ, the bread of life, is pre-existent. He existed in eternity past. Number two, the purpose of the bread of life, or the, the Lord Jesus, was He came down to do the will of the Father. He came down to do the the will of the Father. Number three, it tells us that there is a promise that comes along with this bread. So, and look look at verse 33. Look what it says the bread does. The bread came to give life. You remember who the bread, who did the in the Old Testament, the manna, who was the manna for? Israelites, right? So Jesus has already talked theologically about that. He fed the little boy. Now he's he's the bread of life. But now he's come down. He's come down. The eternal bread. So the eternal word who's now the bread of life. He comes down and what is... He gives life to the what? The world. He gives life to the world in verse 33. Look at verse 35. He says, I am the bread of life. He came to give life. Look at verse 40. He says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks... We're going to look at that tonight, by the way. We're going to look at some verbs tonight about what we're doing as believers when we come to the Lord's table. But anyway, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. So here's the promise. There's there's the preexistent role of Christ. There's the purpose. He came down to do the will of the Father. And now here's the promise. He came down to bring and give eternal life. We continue to read. uh, Verse 47, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Verse 50, This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. So if you don't eat of the bread, the bread of life, who is Christ, you're going to die in your sin. Is that not right? You're going to die. He is the bread that came down. And and just like when you read John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 51, I came down, thy living bread that came down from heaven, eats of this bread, will live, look at, will live forever and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Folks, this is why salvation, you know, we say there's, you know, salvation comes by faith alone, in Christ alone, by grace alone. I mean, we believe that because He's the only one the Father has sent to be the Savior of the world. And, and it's one thing to believe in the historical Jesus. That doesn't save. You know that doesn't save because the devil knows, believes, and realizes it's true, the historical Jesus. 
It's believing in the substitutionary death. It's knowing you're a sinner and you're without hope and Christ came down to die for sin. Because He says, whoever you know, eats my bread, eats the bread, of my, will live forever and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. We would later use the word cup tonight when we talk about the cup. It's the sacrifice, the bloodletting of Christ. Look at verse 53. So Jesus, this is all what Jesus... Jesus taught this in like 10 minutes. But He's talking about His pre-existence. He's talking about doing the will of the Father. And He's talking about the promise of eternal life. This, this is the Christmas story. Am I right? Is this... Can, can shake, do like I say, I say yeah, it is a Christmas story. It is. Look at verse 53. Uh, so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, uh, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood... You have no life in you. So the historical, a real Jesus, a real God in human form came and lived. And when we believe, we believe in the the literal life of perfection of Christ. And then we believe He's God and then we believe He died on the cross as a substitute for our sin. That's how we're saved. Uh, And without that, there's no life. Uh, Whoever feeds on, verse 54, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Verse 58, we'll finish with this. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate, because they ate it and died. You know, everybody 20 and older ate one in the wood and they died because of unbelief. So they ate the bread, had daily bread, but they still died. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. I was thinking about that for Miss Charlotte. Craig's here. When we had Miss Charlotte's... Because I've been studying, so I kept thinking about You will live forever. That's exactly what Jesus said in, in John 11 when He said He's the resurrection and the life. Though he die, yet he'll live. Right? I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live. If I'm crucified, you think you die. I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live, yet not I. I don't want me to be alive forever. I want Christ in me. Amen? To be alive forever. I'm out of time. Um, Go to 1 John. Let me just read you this. Hey, no, no, forget that. Go to, uh, go to Galatians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, that kind of, after the Corinthians. Go to, go to Galatians. Galatians, and I want to say it's... Uh, oh man, I hope I can find this verse. I am so sorry I did this. Uh, Don't give up on me. Give me just a second. I'm looking for the verse till Christ be formed in you. Don't don't give up on me. Y'all keep looking. We've got to read it. This will be our benediction, but you've got to find it for me. You should have said, well, Bryce, you should have written it down. Well, yes, I should have. Thank you. Till Christ. I am, I'm in labor pains, he says, for believers. And I, I'm embarrassed I did this. 
Moses, when you start pastoring, you're supposed to be better prepared than this, okay? Uh, Moses is going to be pastoring soon, so don't do this. Help me find it, folks. Who? 419? Thank you, Dale. Dale probably has known it the whole time, was just letting me get... Be... Let's stand. Let's stand together. Folks, if I don't see you tonight, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Every gift you get, every gift you give, is just a little, small little sample or witness to the greatest gift, correct? So he says, um, pick up verse 17. He says, they make much of you, but for no good purpose. They're trying to throw some false doctrine into the people at Galatia. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. I've got to put it in context. They were saying, if you're not circumcised, Judaizers, they'd come to the believers in Galatians, they're Gentiles. They came to Gentiles and said, oh, it's great that you follow Jesus like Paul preached, but if you are not like us, you're not going to keep your salvation. So they shut them out. So, so all the Gentiles would now say, oh, these Judaizers, please come back and tell us more about your law. We love you. You're special. So that's why they're doing it for you. Don't you like my little antics there? That's pretty good one. Uh, it is always good to be made much of for a good purpose. Uh, and not only when, when I am present with you. This is, and he says this one, my little children. Oh, little babies, preschoolers. That's the word he uses. For whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Folks, if you're going to have Christ formed in you, here's one way to do it. Eat and always eat the bread of life. Eat and keep eating the bread of life. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for salvation, the, the plan. Thank you for the Father sending the Son. Thank you. Thank you for doing the work, being the bread of life, and offering that life to us through the gospel message. Lord, thank you for Christmas. Thank you that Christ has been born so He can be born in our hearts and our lives. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Merry Christmas. Have a great afternoon. See many of you back here at 5 o'clock.